Okay. Now, in regards to me not being Pastor Jason on the field, <laughs> there may or may not have been a minor alter, altercation uh, with somebody. I don't remember what team we were playing, uh, but a verbal altercation. Let's just say we didn't get, you know, we didn't get into it too badly. Uh, we were real cordial the rest of the game. Because, you know, how, sometimes I think, I maybe women are like this too, but guys growing up, like, when you, like, confront each other, like, you become good friends with that person eventually, right? You know, the person you, you traded, you know, fists with when you were a kid, you became, like, best friends with. I don't know why that works, but there was a guy who ran down to first base, and he clearly ran past the bag, and he turned towards second base. And I just started yelling, tag him, tag him, tag him. Because if you make an attempt to go to second base, you're a live ball player, and the first baseman can tag him. He looks at me, he's like, I didn't make a turn. And I was like, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the umpire thinks, so let's tag him. And it was, oh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time that game, uh, even though we did lose. Uh, but we had a great time, a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm not totally Pastor Jason all the time on the field, but how many, okay, let's get off of that. How many are ready to continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offerings? Amen? Amen. I got a scripture for us this morning out of Deuteronomy 8, and as I was reading this, it's just a great reminder for us uh, over and over and over that it's the Lord. Amen? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Yes, he gives us jobs, and he gives us blessing and finance and all these things, but it is from the Lord. And we have to remember that. It says this, and you shall remember. Everyone say remember. We shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. It's him. It's God that gives us the power and the anointing and the jobs and whatever. It's his plans, his purposes. He gives us the power to get wealth. Why? Why? So that we can have nice sports cars, so we can live in, you know, extravagant places. There's nothing wrong with certain things in life. But why does he give those who trust him and believe in him wealth? Why does he give it? It's, uh, the answer is right here. So that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Why does he do it? Because it's a covenant that was set up. And those that understand a covenant, it's far stronger than even a contract. Amen? It's a far stronger thing when you have a covenant with God. And the reason why he gives us wealth is to expand his kingdom. Amen? We are just distribution centers. How many of you know when we pass from this world, we don't take any of the bank account with us? Doesn't go with us. It's here so that we can be distribution centers to establish his kingdom. That's why he gives us wealth. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. Father, we remember today that it is you who give us power to get wealth, Father God, to see your kingdom expanded. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that each one of us are just a distribution center for the finances and the resources that you've entrusted us with, even our time, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we will use it wisely. We will be led by you in your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, so this morning, uh, I think Pastor Liz had mentioned, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I have maybe, you know, 10 minutes or so that I just want to talk about a few things the Lord has put on my heart uh, regarding this weekend and regarding uh, Independence Day and our nation. Uh, but believe it or not, I'm going to talk a little bit less about our nation and a little more about us. 
Because exactly what Pastor Liz was saying is, really, this is about us. It's about we the people, amen? We are the people. So it's about us, and I want to talk about that. And the Lord had given me like four or five different scriptures. I had no idea why he gave me those. They seemed completely random. And as I was looking at them on Thursday, I was like, Lord, what is this? Friday, Lord, what is this? Saturday, if you're a preacher, and it's Saturday, and you're still not knowing what the Lord wants to actually share, it's called a little bit of nervousness begins to unwind. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, hello, Lord, church is tomorrow, it's Sunday, today is Saturday, what do you have? I had nothing other than the scriptures. Like, what? So this morning I woke up, and the Lord's just like, read those scriptures again. I was like, fine, okay, whatever, it's Sunday, I guess there's going to be something coming, Lord. And so I read him, and he just really just showed me a couple things I want to share that with you this morning. And before I start with these, I just want us to know that today is gonna, we're going to do some time of prayer. And because, you know, as you walk in and on that circle, right when you walk in, it says this house will be called a house of prayer. And I really believe that we as a church, we as a people need to pray more. We just need to pray more. Not that I'm saying we need to do less, but if it's in regards to doing less, which means praying more, then I think we should pray more. Because I think in America and our culture, it's like if we don't feel like we're doing something, it feels like we're not accomplishing anything. And we have to see praying as one of the major things the Lord commands us to do. And you are accomplishing things. You say, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not witnessing to someone. I'm not doing... But you understand that when you are praying, you are moving the spiritual realm. You are doing more work in five minutes of praying than in three hours of walking around looking for someone to reach the gospel with. Not that walking around and reaching people with the gospel is bad. It's fantastic. It's good. And some of us are called to do it day in and day out, wherever that that person may go. But we have to remember that prayer is so, so powerful. And to be honest, I'll be a little critical of the church here this morning, not us individually as a church, but the church at large. I think we get too wrapped up in the politics of what's going on in this country. Yes, it's important. Yes, a landmark decision was just made. It's absolutely amazing, and I'm excited about it and what the Lord is doing. But we have to remember the difficulty of legislating morality. I'm not going into a whole what does legislating morality mean and how it works and the historical reference of it and how it did not work in many cases. But the heart of the people is what we need to see changed. And do you understand that the heart of this country and of this nation will not change because we change a law? It will not change because we change a law. You don't change someone's heart because you change a law. You change someone's heart when they meet Jesus Christ. That is when the heart changes. And we can change all the laws in the world that we want, and it's very important, and we need to vote, and we need to stand on these things and believe in the biblical truths and vote our conscience, all that stuff. I'm not saying that's wrong, but we spend too much time talking about that and not enough time talking and praying and understanding our heart and reaching people for Jesus. 
If the church would spend as much time actually praying as they do talking about politics, do you imagine what will happen in this country? Come on, church. I'm not saying talking about politics is wrong or bad. I'm saying we have somehow, you know, we're on these pendulum swings. And I feel like as a church, we took a pendulum swing way over into the political realm. Again, not bad, but we're too far over there. And we need to get back to center, which is the word of God, and praying and spending time on our knees and committing our time to pray for our country, to pray for our church, to pray for our leaders, to pray for every single person in this country, whether they're following Jesus or not. And so if I'm saying it, then we're going to do it. So that's what we're going to do this morning. That is what we're supposed to do this morning. Okay, so the scriptures that the Lord gave me, we have a responsibility church and we have to be careful that we don't abdicate our responsibility to the government I don't know where all this is coming from this is not in the notes we have to be very careful not to abdicate our responsibility to the government we want to see laws change but the responsibility of the church is to love the pregnant woman is to care for the orphan is to feed the poor. That's what the Bible says is our job. Not the government's job, our job. And through history, we've abdicated the responsibility, we've given it to the government, and then we just talk about politics all the time and complain about politics all the time because we want them to do something about it. Guess what? They can't do anything about it because that's not how God set it up. God set it up that we need to do something about it. The church needs to do something about it. We want to see a change in this country. We have to humble ourselves and pray. That's what the Bible says. So I believe as a church, that's what we need to go do. So Mark 13, I'm going to read a couple scriptures here, and then we're going to pray. Mark 13, starting in verse 5. And really the Lord told me, he's like, he just said, title it this, what is happening? What is happening? And this is Jesus And he's speaking to his disciples. There's a parallel scriptures in Matthew regarding it as well. And he's talking about really what's going to go down the closer to his return. And as you know, every day we get closer to his return. So here's some of the stuff he's saying. And Jesus answered to them, starting in verse 5. I'm going to read verse 5 through uh, 13. Answer them, beginning to say, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And will deceive many. We have to be very careful. Very careful. Verse 7. But when you hear of wars, rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. We've had pandemics, we've had wars, we've had racial tensions, we've had all the things. All the things are happening. In fact, there's some kind of grasshopper like plague. In California or something like that. Like, what? This is the Bible coming into reality. It's we're seeing the things that Jesus has talked about and is, is showing us what's going to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines and troubles. Has there been any famines and troubles? Troubles is a pretty, it's like a pretty broad word. There's been some trouble. All across the globe. These are the beginnings of sorrow. Verse 9. But watch out for yourselves. For they will deliver you up to councils. And you will be beaten in the synagogues. And you will be brought 
before rulers and kings for my sake, for the testimony to them. Do you know that the church, the persecution of the church will grow the closer we get to Jesus' return? And we say, like, that makes us nervous. It makes me nervous. Like, that's nerve-wracking. Like, that scripture right there, that's nerve-wracking. Do you know that that's happening? All across the world, this is not happening. It's happening in Canada, for goodness sakes. I can walk to Canada almost. This stuff is happening in this world. And yes, we're going to pray that it doesn't happen in America. We'll be a light to this entire world. But at the same time, we cannot be surprised when persecution comes. Because the Lord told us it was going to come. Then in verse 10, it says this. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Who's going to do that? The U.S. government? The Republican Party? Are you kidding? They're not going to preach the gospel. The church is going to preach the gospel to all the nations. There are churches in China praying heartily for the church in America because they're like, what is going on over there? And that persecuted church and getting thrown in prison, it's growing faster, ten times faster than the American church is declining. A persecuted church grows. Like, I'm not looking to be persecuted, believe me. Like, not, I mean, you know, I mean, Lord, help us. <laughs> but a persecuted church is a church that's actually growing. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand. Church, I'm trying to encourage you this morning. I know it doesn't feel like it yet. But I'm going to be encouraged. He is with you. He is for you. He will take care of you. He will lead you. He will guide you. The importance of hearing from God and the importance of praying and being baptized in the Holy Spirit is of the, I mean, I can't even imagine any time before that is more important than now. That we have to be doing that as a church. They arrest you. They deliver you. Don't worry or premeditate what you'll speak, but whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. And I feel like God did that to me this morning. Right? I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but the Lord is going to give it to us when we need it. We don't have to dwell on it. He will give it to us. Speak that, for it's not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and the children will rise up against parents, cause them to be put to death, and all will be hated. Why? For my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. So Pastor Jason, okay, now what? So here we go. A turn to Ephesians 6. I feel like then that this is the, in the order the Lord gave me these scriptures, I'm going to read through them. In Ephesians 6, this is our part. This is what the Lord is calling us to go do. This is what he's calling the church to go do. For the church to understand where the battle actually is and how to fight and how to actually win the battle. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What do we need? We need to be strong in the Lord. How do we do that? Put on the whole armor of God. Why do we have to put on the armor? The helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. Why do we have to do all that? Here we go. So that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We have an enemy. It is not another political party. It is not another country. The enemy we have is a spiritual enemy. 
And this is the battle that you get prepared to fight. This is why you put on the armor, is to fight the battle that is out there before us, which is actually the real battle. It's more real than what you and I are seeing and what we're looking at this morning. So we're able to stand against the devil, not against our neighbor, not against our spouse. I'm going to put that full armor on so that I can go have a discussion with Liz about what things would be going on in our house. I'm going to pull out the sword of the spirit, start using scriptures. What? This armor that he's telling us to put on is to fight a battle, but not against flesh and blood. The battle he's calling us to fight is in the spiritual realm. We have to recognize every day when we get up that we have an enemy that we have to battle. And it's not the person laying next to you in bed. We do not wrestle, verse 12. We don't wrestle. I love wrestling. love sports. Where's hell? Penn State wrestling. Okay. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is who the battle is against. And I believe we're moving into a time where we will see more and more demonic oppression that the church is called to cast out of people. Come on, church. I believe more and more that every single one of you sitting in those pews will come across somebody and say, you know what, can I just pray for you and lay hands on you? And you will see devils and demons come out of people right now. This is what we're supposed to go do. This is what the church is called to go do. This is part of the Great Commission, actually. We'll get there in a second. This is longer than 10 minutes. Holy smokes. Okay. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. So the God's calling us to stand firm. Put on the, put on the armor and understand who the battle is against. Not our brothers and sisters. None of the we the people that we say is the battle actually against. Can we even just recognize that and walk away with that this morning? It's not against the one who is far from God. It's not against the one who is voting differently than you. It's not against the one who is doing the most egregious, awful things. Jesus died for them as well. And we have to remember that. We talked about that earlier. Ephesians 5. I got to move. I got to move quick. Okay, Ephesians 5, 15. What else should we do? So this was our part to do. And then it says in verse 15 in Ephesians 5, See that you walk circumspectly, Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Not only do we have an enemy that's evil, now the day is evil. Just life in general is trying to pull us away from the things of the spiritual realm. And we have to recognize that and see that and understand it. So what do we do if that's the case? Verse 17, therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we understand what the will of the Lord is? We have to be able to hear from God. We have to read these scriptures, understand the word, and understand how to hear from the Lord. Totally different message. But this is how we have to live in these days. And then verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, but be filled, what? With the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. In order to survive these days and to battle the battles we have to fight, we have to be able to be in the spirit and do battle in the spiritual realm and pray in the spirit. 
Back in Ephesians, what we just looked at in 6, it actually talks about, you know, with the sword of the Spirit, but then pray in the Spirit. This is all about being in the spiritual realm and understanding where this battle is. Being fiddles of speaking to one another. We talked about one another's already this morning. So encouraging one another, lifting one another up, not tearing them down, but lifting them up in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing melodies in our heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another in the fear of God. Encouraging one another, loving one another, worshiping, praising God and giving thanks. It's the formula to be able to survive and to be effective in this time. Worship team, if you want to come back up here. In Mark 16, here's what I believe is going to, this is what the church is going to look like. You ready? Want to see what the church is going to look like? This is the Great Commission, but written by Mark. It says this. And he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues, speaking in a spiritual language, praying in a spiritual language, and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So what is God's part in all this? He's with us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. The Bible says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Bible says, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. The Bible says, even though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies your right hand will save me. The Bible says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. We're going to cry out some prayers this morning and deliver them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Just bow your heads for a minute before we move into a time of prayer. Father, I just first want to pray for our church here just for a minute, Lord, that you would strengthen us, Lord, to recognize who the battle is truly against, and that we would stir up in the spirit the things that you've asked us to pray for, that would use our prayer language, Lord, that we would just continue to push and to move, Father God, into times of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your son. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. Father, we thank you for this country. We thank you for the freedoms that we do enjoy, for the independence that we do have, Lord. Father, this morning we're going to spend some time just praying and seeking you and praying for this, Lord, and taking authority, as Pastor Liz said.
Father, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Everybody just stand with me for a second. We're going to... Guys, I don't think I'm going to show that video. I feel like we should just go right into prayer. Maybe we'll show the video at the end. Babe, if you want to come up here with me for a sec. Before we begin to pray, I want to give some scriptures and some context about this time of prayer that we're going to have. You don't have to stand for the whole time. and You can sit. You can worship. I want you just to be in prayer and prayer of agreement with us. But here's what the Bible says about prayer. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the Bible promises a peace that comes with that. The Bible says, I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God, incline your ear to me, and hear my speech. And finally it says, the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. And whatever we ask, we know that we will have the petitions that we have asked of him. So I'm just going to open up in prayer, and then, Chad, I believe we've got a prayer uh, that we'd like you to read here in just a minute as well. So just kind of, let's just enter in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you over this time, Lord. We just begin to cry out to you for our country, Lord, for the people of this country, for the church, Lord. We cry out for your church this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Chet, you want to come up and just read this first prayer to get us started? This isn't a, we don't have an open mic this morning. That's really more of a Wednesday night time. Uh, but Chet and then uh, Pastor Liz and Pastor Andy are both going to just pray for a minute or two. And I just encourage you just to be in agreement. If you feel led to pray something on your own or you feel led to come and kneel or walk around, it's just a time of open prayer for a few minutes. Good morning, church. We are indeed blessed to live in this nation. Thank you, Lord. Um, nothing to be ashamed of. That's right. Many of you have served as I have served in the military to protect our freedoms and uh, I've been in countries where they don't have the freedoms that we have. Amen. They don't have a lot of the things that we have, and uh, God has richly blessed us. An Independence Day prayer. Lord, we stand today as our forefathers have stood before you in times gone by, celebrating our history and reveling in all the great things that our country has achieved. 
On this day, we rejoice in the favor you have graciously given us. We thank you for the blessings of liberty for this generation and the generations to come. We thank you for our independence, peace, and for all those who have bravely given their lives in the defense of freedom and justice. We thank you that your gracious and provident hand has given us so much. Yet as a nation and people, we have not always chosen the right way. We ask you to forgive us for these times. And on this day, we commit ourselves to wholeheartedly honoring and serving you. With everything that we are, we lay our lives before you. Make us a generous people, a holy nation, a people set aside to love you forever. For the sake of the land of the brave and free, and for the peoples and nations of this world. Today, we do not presume your grace for our country. Our land is in need of you. Our people are in need of you. Our industry and business is in need of you. May we look only to you this Independence Day, dependent on you. Please come now by your glorious Holy Spirit. Breathe new life into the sinews of this nation. May justice flow like rivers and righteousness like a never-failing stream until the whole of our country is covered with your glory as the waters cover the sea. And we ask all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for all eternity. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We praise you. Father, I pray for a great outpouring of healing in the hearts of the people of this nation. Father, I pray out of the riches of your mercy that eyes would be open, Lord, that blind eyes would see, that they would see you rightly, God, that they would turn to your word Father, that they would turn and see a church that represents you well. Yes. Father, that they would turn and see a church that represents and shows the way and the truth and the life. Father, and that they would come to the cross and receive your love that they would receive forgiveness, Lord, in the washing away of lies, of shame, of guilt, of pain, 
Father, I just pray that the lost would be saved in this nation, that there would be a great awakening, a great opening of eyes. Father, and I just pray for unity in the church, unity among churches. Father, that we would be one church, one church standing on your word, unaltered, presented in truth, power, love, and soundness. Father, that this church that you birthed would be a light in this nation and out into the world, God. I pray for the, for the, um, the reestablishment the reestablishment of honor and of truth. God, I just pray for leaders, Lord. I pray for the leaders of churches, Father, and the leaders of government, Father, those that you have placed in authority to care for, for those in need. Father, for those that you've placed in authority to lead others. God, I pray, Lord, that their hearts would just turn towards you and be solely committed to hearing from you, God, and, and obey and obedience, Father, radical obedience, Lord. Pray that your spirit would just blow across this land, Father, and that you would find uh, people with arms open, reaching for you, God. You are the giver of grace. Father, and when I was lost, you gave me the grace to look for you and to receive you, God. And I pray for that same grace in this nation, Jesus. Father, I pray for that revival, that you would pour out your spirit on all people, God. That you would tell us the way that we should walk and that the things that we should do, Lord Jesus. That we would represent you to this world, Lord God. I would just encourage each of you just to begin to pray, maybe pray in your spiritual language. We don't, we're not going to pray for, you know, another hour, but let's just pray. If you have something you want to call out, if there's something the Lord's been put on your heart, we talked about taking authority over certain things earlier this service, things that need to be bound, things that need to be loosed. Just begin to pray those things. Just begin to cry those out to the Lord just for a few minutes here. Father, I pray um, that you would strengthen the hearts of men. 
that you would turn the hearts of men to their wives and the hearts of the wives to their husbands, Lord God. I pray that you would strengthen them in every way, Lord God. I pray that you would strengthen them in their finances. I pray that you would strengthen them in their communication, Father, in their time with you, Lord Jesus. I pray that their hearts would be drawn toward heaven, Father, and that their lives would be poured out for one another within that family unit, God, and that parents would begin to encircle their families protectively, Father, both both fathers and mothers, Lord. I see them just, I see, um, I see fathers and mothers joining hands and the children coming into the center. Um, Father, and I just, I pray that out, God. I just speak that out. Um, Father, for just like a new wave of um, of protection in that family, Father, that mothers and fathers would rise up, Lord, and they would begin to question um, all the things, Lord, that would come um, at their children, Lord, that they would begin to see what those kids are watching on TV and what the kids are watching um, uh, on video games and just all of the all of the things that inundate their lives, Lord, all of the data, all of the information, Father, I just, I pray, God, that um, those parents would begin to rise up, Lord, and that they would stand in their authority. Father, I just pray a hedge of protection around families, God, because they glorify you. Father, they glorify you. Father, I thank you for the family. I thank you that no weapon formed against it will prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Church, right now we're just going to ask, if you have your kids with you, we're just going to ask if you want to come forward with them. You can send them forward by themselves. We're just going to pray over them. We're going to pray over the kids of this church this morning. Um, And we're going to... We're just going to speak life over them as a representative of the of the children of our nation. We're going to pray protection around them. We're also going to impart to them the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the love of God in their life. We're going to impart to them those things that have been promised in the word, which is a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. These children are going to grow up They are the hands and the feet and the arms of God to this world. Ryan, do you want to send your kids up or or bring them up with, or you can come on up with them? And we're just going to pray over them. Yeah, guys, this will be the last thing we do here uh, this morning. But it's referenced, the Lord just reminded me, it was a Wednesday night, one of the prayer services that are coming up like this coming Wednesday. And the Lord really just spoke to me and said, as a church, we will lay hands on the children and we will impart upon them and send them off to do mighty great things for the Lord. And I wasn't planning to do this. This wasn't on the cue sheet or the plan for this morning. But as we were praying, I just felt led to, I know a lot of kids are on vacation and a lot of people aren't here, but those who are here, we're going to pray and we're going to impart upon them this morning God's grace and peace and the anointing power over their lives to do what God has called them to do Renee and Kim can you guys come up yeah thank you Jesus praise you Father 
that can ever come against you. There's nothing that can ever come against you that God is not bigger, stronger, and mightier. This is Billy. This is Billy. Be blessed in the name of Jesus, Billy. God goes before you. Fear not, for God is with you. What's your name? Julia. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, I just impart to this family, God, the strength of Thank you, Lord. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Amen. 
I was planning on a shorter service today. That didn't happen, <laughs> but that's okay. Here we are. God knows what knows plans and purposes he had for us today. So, Father, we just seal everything, Father God, from today, Lord. We seal it over these families, over this church, over this nation, over our leaders, Father God. Every prayer that was prayed, Lord, as, as incense rising up to you, Father God. And that your bowl of incense is pouring out, Father God, and prayers are being answered. And we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Let me just say this benediction and then we'll send you out to every holiday party that you're probably late to now. That's okay. Romans 15 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Happy Fourth of July.